This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is another Dolphins Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Mendel and Josh House. I don't know where you want to start, Jake, but the first thing that pops out to me, and I don't know that if this is how you want to go about it, right? You want to jump into this? Because Xavier Howard, I mean, he himself even said, right, like straight up, if your boss asked you to take a pay cut, would you? And he's like, I mean, let's be honest, man. Nobody would do that, right? Am I wrong? So Xavier Howard's cap hit, cap hit $25 million. That's 10% of the total cap. I am never, ever, ever, ever did I say ever going to tell someone to take less money? That is so unfair. That And it's pretty unfair that all these contracts are out there for us to kind of pick at and be like, well, if I was in that situation, no, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. Let's just get that out of the way. That said, there was a little part of me that was kind of hoping that this would kind of complete that um, modern NFL football success story where the team and the player go through some disagreements. There were some issues, but at the end of the day, they kind of work it out. And it was like a feel good story of a team finish or a player finishing their career with a team. doesn't always work out. Welcome to the real world. Um, what was it? The Dolphins signed Byron Jones in the 2020 off season. They gave him a bigger deal than Xavier Howard had after just going absolutely nuclear being the team's cornerstone cornerback. So, Xavier Howard, Chris Greer talk, they give him a pay raise and they say, just trust us, go out there, play this year. We'll come back next year and give you that raise. Xavier Howard got that raise, became one of the highest paid players on the team. So seeing those that conversation, that dialogue, that trust, there was a little part of me that was kind of hoping we'd see a situation where, oh, they work it out. Xavier Howard kind of sees the picture. It was the I scratch your back, you scratch mine type of thing. Not saying he should do that, but the fan in me, the Homer bias in me, was kind of doing those um, mental gymnastics to make that uh, uh, conflict resolution play out. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy you definitely wish we could keep around. I just feel like it's, you know, I mean, maybe maybe there's a way they can figure it out. But this is a guy who has, what, 29 total interceptions, uh, you know, 256 total tackles, has been one of the best corners in football when he's healthy. Um, but that's the thing, right? He's been banged up lately. We know that 
Um, he's getting up there in age. So I can see why the Dolphins wanted to move on with, to, with him. I mean, we sat here and kind of thought that maybe the Jalen Ramsey acquisition meant that he was going to be pushed out in font next year. And with the salary cap going um, in complete disarray right now, it makes sense. But um, it just sucks because he got drafted in 2016. He's been around through so many different regimes and, um, he's been one of our, uh, you know, star players, you know, when this team was so dreadful and we didn't have all these star players, there wasn't Xavier Howard, right? He was that star player Madden that, um, you always knew could shut down that opposition. So, um, hate to see him go, but I think it has to happen. Yeah. The dolphins are in a spot where you can't be paying, you know, 10, 11% of your salary cap on someone who's going to miss five, six games. And he's getting up there in age and, and shown that, um, I don't even want to say inability to stay on the field. It's football. You're going to get hurt, and that stinks. Uh, but you really need, if you're going to invest 13% of the cap on Tyree Kill, you expect him to be one of the league's premier wide receivers. If you're paying 11% of the cap to be for Jalen Ramsey to be a lockdown corner, you expect him to be out there on the field. And you can't really pay one guy to be 10% of your salary cap when you're absolutely begging begging the defensive coordinator to have your other cornerback shadow guys around the field. I understand that had more to do about Cater Coe's limitations in the slot, but I do wonder if this Vic Fangio defense is a little different where you can kind of lean into just having that one star cornerback instead of two. And considering all these issues the Miami Dolphins have, man, I, I just don't see a way where you can really lean in and expect Xavier Howard to be one of those uh, studs on the, on the boundary for a whole you know, 17 game season. Let me ask you this. The Dolphins lost week 17 to the Baltimore Ravens, 56 to 19. Xavier Howard left that game like the second play of the game. I'm not trying freak injuries happen all the time. I'm not blaming him, but do you think that Miami's defense would have been a little more prepared if it was in a situation where second play of the game, someone goes out, if they had the full week to know Xavier Howard, isn't going to be there. I think that defense might've even looked a little better than um, what was it? Cater Kohu and even Vic Banjo just getting absolutely pants by justice Hill. I don't know if that happens. If Xavier Howard can be that guy taking up that cap space and just being a sound cornerback. Yeah. Good point. I mean, if Xavier Howard was in that game, who knows what could have happened? I mean, we could go through our entire schedule, right, and sit here and say if Jalen Phillips was in this game. I mean, who knows what could have happened late in the year. So, yeah, I absolutely think it would be a game changer with Xavier Howard out there. Um, I guess the thing I would have liked to see was someone step up and at least prove that they could be that guy behind him, and we really haven't seen that, right? Cater Kohu, um, I mean, I guess it seemed like they thought he was the most comfortable in the slot at nickel. He had a bad uh, bad season by his standards, right? He's been around two years. It clearly a sophomore slump. Eli Apple, we can eat him into the sun. And then Cam Smith, they drafted, like you said earlier. I mean, the Channing Tindall pick at linebacker, you wanted him to be that young player to step up. You want Cam Smith to be able to step up with when you get rid of it in Xavier Howard because he has that cheap contract, because he has um, a similar play style. But what we saw, or I guess what the coaches saw at least, um, didn't show him enough, I would imagine, to have him go out there as a rookie. Maybe they had all these guys on layaway. That's all we can hope. But um, seeing Xavier Howard go is going to suck, I guess. Um, the one thing I would ask you, Jake, do you think they could potentially get a trade partner? I mean, he is still a pretty solid shutdown corner. And um, I don't know if I read it on Twitter or if it's just me knowing that he's from Texas, but Houston, you know, I think he might be from Houston. Thinking about him going to that Texans team, I mean, they could be pretty dirty with him there across from Stingley. That's actually really interesting. Before we get into the exam, I just want to mention Cam Smith after the season, he actually had an interesting quote where he said it was frustrating at times to be on the sideline, but overall he actually thought he'd benefit from it. So, I mean, I'm not ready to kind of uh, 
give up on the pick way, or anything like way that. too early and cornerbacks take so long to translate so yeah definitely we'll pump the brakes on calling him a bust but you know what i mean we want to see him come out there and say seeing eli apple just get absolutely torn apart like a, a bad apple and it, it's frustrating too especially for someone like Xavier howard right he's on a i think it's a five-year deal currently and 2024 is the highest cap hit he has of that entire deal of it's going to be close to 11 percent um and then it drops to nine uh, percent and then eight percent in 2025 and 2026 so josh if the dolphins trade or move on from Xavier howard it's going to be a post june one designation now teams can designate two players to be cut as post I'm doing a terrible job at wording this, but basically what I'm trying to say it is there's a whole thing about signing bonuses going on. And if the Dolphins designate Xavier Howard as a post-June 1st cut, they can basically spread out the dead money on his cap hit over two years. So, for example, if the Dolphins were to trade him post-June 1st, they'd have a dead cap hit of 7.4 mil, but they'd have cap savings of about 18.5 million. Now, the same thing is true if they were to cut post-June 1st, but if they cut pre-June 1, the dead cap is 23 mil and you're only saving about 3 mil in cap savings. Josh, this is where people start to have the idea of, is the salary cap fake? No, no, it's not fake. But I kind of look at it like playing a racing game. I like to use Rocket League. It's like boost. Salary cap is your boost. You only have a limited amount of boost. And you can use that to kind of sprint past that Xavier Howard contract and, and ignore the money. But the thing is, if you're not taking in that, absorbing that hit of $23 million this year, you're taking half of it this year and half of it next year. And all of a sudden, every year, that total amount of boost you can have gets lower and lower and lower. Now, you can still work around a bunch of things with restructuring contracts, but eventually you're going to need, it could only be one year, but a teardown year. And we see the Rams do that this year, and they still made the playoffs. We other we see other teams kind of march on through that. The Saints, if they had any sort of a quarterback, their contract situation would have looked just as ugly. But they've been on the verge of winning the play or making the playoffs in a week NFC South, so that kind of makes sense there. That is the one thing, though, Josh. I think you're right. I think Xavier Howard's the one tough one where the Dolphins have so much move to make, so many moves to make, and the juice isn't worth the squeeze having that contract on the books where it makes sense to eat some dead money and probably eat some dead money over the next two years because this is still a roster that I think can win now. Yeah, and I think that's where I would go, right? If they can't trade him, I think he would end up being then a post-June 1st cut because it does get spread out, gives them a nice little cap relief. And I think that's honestly the first place they're probably going to look. I mean, you heard Xavier Howard's comments. It's going to suck to see him go, like I said, but um, it's time now. He's been around, what, been in the league seven years. I have uh, Spotrack up, and it says that he has the, the number two uh, highest cap hit out of all cornerbacks in the NFL, number four on the Miami Dolphins roster. So, um, Guess who has the number one cornerback cap hit? Ramsey. Ramsey, huh? How about them apples? So, and, and that's how many like, games? I wish I had a number of how many games they were on the field together because it didn't feel like they were on, uh, they weren't really together much of the season. And you know, we can look back and say, what if then? That's going to be our biggest what if. What if we had our Patrick Sertan and, and Sam Madison for a full 17, 18 game season? I don't want to get well actually here, man, but like, look at these playoff games over the weekend. How many of those secondaries had two lockdown cornerbacks? I wonder if this is like something like part of that Josh Boyer thought process where you did have your corners out on an island. I wonder if you bring in Jalen Ramsey and you can't just refresh the entire unit in one season. I wonder if it was kind of part of the transition to have Jalen Ramsey be that guy and then settle, settle in maybe like a 
just to use Madden lingo, a couple 78s, a couple 80s where you can kind of lean into some strengths because the way the Vangio scheme set up, the way they use zone defense, like you don't, the only reason you don't want Ramsey shadowing all the time is because it makes it so obvious what you're doing in coverage. And we saw that you can shadow and it can work. You saw that against Garrett Wilson and the Jets, but you also saw the Dolphins do a damn good job of limiting Josh Allen, um, especially in the red zone by really leaning into that zone defense and confusing him a little bit. Yeah, that's the thing we're most frustrated about. But I keep thinking back to at least the first uh, Dolphins-Chiefs game, right? They pretty much completely shut down. Fangio knew exactly what they were doing. They shut down Travis Kelsey there. So um, I like that that you're mentioning that because maybe their plan is to just have Jalen Ramsey on one side and kind of, you know, just, I mean, let's be honest, quarterbacks aren't looking that way very often. So um, they're looking the other way. You plug it in with some 78 guys. You still got Javon Holland roaming around. They got to sign Deshaun Elliott. That's, I mean, that's, I think, what the hardest thing is here. We're sitting here trying to figure out who to cut to, you know, get under the cap. But even then, at some point, you got to start re-signing some of your own guys, right? I mean, um, lots of quick decisions to be made over, what, the next two months? And um, we got to buckle up because we're going to be sitting there writing these news articles on the Finsider all off season long and doing these podcasts. So make sure you subscribe and like, and all that good stuff. It's always hard to do these shows because everyone wants to just make the laundry list of, of dudes that are going to be cut and things change so fast. I don't want to sit out here and say, yeah, this player needs to be cut in X, Y, and Z, but I did want to go through some other players, Josh, who where it's worth at least having a conversation based on their salary, the dolphins having the, the fourth, I mean, it can't even be the fourth littlest cap space when it doesn't exist. Like, they're that deep in the hole. Um, so, some more cuts, Josh. Um, these are non-June cuts, where they just be cut before. And, and the thing with the the June designated cut post-June 1st as well is that money doesn't come off the books until then. So, it's not like you can go out there and spend, spend, spend. You might be able to convince some second-tier guys after that first bit of free agency, we'll give you this, but we just need to wait to sign it. And that's where the Miami Dolphins might lean into resigning some players. But if they cut Emmanuel Agba, that saves 13 mil, about 4 mil in dead cap. There's no reason to... I wouldn't push that and have it be a post-June 1st, $2 million to a $4 million cap hit. I don't think that's so huge. And honestly, man, it was a little upsetting when you kind of see Agba... Um, what, 15, 20 minutes before an act is released, tweeting things like LOL or like shocked. And then he has opportunities against Baltimore and, and Kansas City and Buffalo to to do something. And and he was he was nowhere to be found because he he isn't like the Justin Houstons and the Melvin Ingram. Like he was supposed to be a part of this team and it just just did it was the Andre Branch thing all over.